Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Okay, three, two, one, hit it. It's the Chris and Amy Show. You know who it is. Also, if you didn't know, this is called the show. Now, Amy Marks scores Chris Ranji on KMOX. Good morning. It's Friday, friends. Hope you're doing well. It is I'm Chris and Amy great. today. I know you're doing I'm great. I'm doing so great. Go Billikens. Go Billikens. <laughs> Billikens take on Vermont this morning. Oh, Vermont. Yeah, Vermont. Two They've undefe- got a university in Vermont. Well, yeah. Who knew? Are they, is is make- Sloop playing colleges, like going states by like least population to yeah. highest? St. Louis U University may have as many pop people at it's school, school yeah. as Vermont has in the state. They huh. definitely have more than Wyoming has. Yeah, right. Well, doesn't right. every state has at least one university? So, of course. I guess they do. Oh, look so, at you over there I mean, acting like you know everything. Well, how would you not know that? Uh, yeah, two undefeated teams today. They'll get started at 11 o'clock. The pregame show is at 1045. So this show is quite short. It is. Hmm. So only got a little bit of time with Chris and Amy and, and John and, Kelly. and I- Michael. I'm not in charge of scheduling around here, but I'm surprised they even made you guys come in and just okay. not have Hancock oh, and Kelly no, handle well, the whole 45 okay. minutes. Okay, I can't believe So I didn't even think of that. And then our <laughs> boss, Steve, said, I can't believe you guys came in. Why didn't you just have Hancock and Kelly fill in? And I thought, oh, my gosh, that was an option. I'm going to die. <laughs> he did not say that. He did. No, because he if we had a five-minute show, he would make us come in for it. If we just, had no just show, out of he'd spite. make us come in. But he did say, why didn't you have Hancock and Kelly just do the 45 minutes? And then I wanted to cry. <laughs> yeah, he said, hey, listen, they may ask you to do that. So you guys no! you guys okay oh, with it? Oh, my yes. And I said, yeah. I said, should I reach out to him? He goes, no, see if they ask you. No, I'm such an idiot. I'm such a fool. Well, you're very loud. I'm oh, so loud. <laughs> My, my my guy's not sleeping well right now, so Hancock is babysitting his granddaughter. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And uh, overnight, she's up at four thirty this 4:30 morning. Four thirty this morning. Did you have to change a diaper? Not yet. No, good for you. That's I got married. Yeah. When was the last time you've changed a diaper? When the kids were little. I you want to know something? You man. haven't done this since Tula's been alive. I haven't changed at a least diaper once. No. Oh. Yeah. yeah, good. I mean, there's poop in there. Hey, <laughs> I, it, that's the worst part about it. I know it. Um, raise your hand if you have changed a diaper. I have. Uh, sure, when I'm did sure you I, change a diaper? I, I changed my cousin's diaper when I was in high school. Yeah. Was your cousin? Way, way to go, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was also in high school. But it's, no, it's uh, been two decades since I've changed a diaper, I can tell you that. Oh, yeah, it's been a very long time. You know time, how they but... say, if you don't use it, you lose it? Yeah. That's true, because when I was in my 20s and I was really involved, like, helping, you know, homeschool moms, and there were, like, a lot of little kids always around, I could hold a baby on one hip and then change a diaper with the other hand, right, while, like, another toddler is running around, and I thought, I'm really good at this. Yeah. Now... I don't know how to do anything. Well, I couldn't yeah. do it. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think I've lost the skill. I used to be so domestic, and now I am worthless. <laughs> well, not, it's not, not just at all. Now. So you uh, sound ideal to me. Yeah, uh, ten forty-five. You still engaged? <laughs> For now, I think you can hey, still take that ring back. Yeah, you think I could bust this thing up? 
I don't know what the deal is with the ring. <laughs> or is, is a ring? Hold on. Hey, get that it? is a pretty ring. Is a ring one of those things that once it once you drive it off the lot, it depreciates? I don't know, but this is the this isn't the ring. The ring ring will be done today because this is. Just oh, the, diamond oh, the ring ring. Is this the one today. he put the quarter in the machine at Schnucks and got that's out? A, that's that's a good looking uh-huh. ring. No kidding. That's right. I mean, he, he spent some money you on it. You better that not thing. get into a pool. You're going to sink to the bottom of it. Aww. Oh, my God. All right. So, anyway, <laughs> let's get the things that did matter. Did you get my union busting joke? I, I did. Get it? Yeah. Yeah. marriage yeah. union. Yeah. <laughs> we got it. We got were, we, it. were we talking, Ron? <laughs> no, we were yeah. not. We I were just not. think it's funny because Michael Kelly's my union buddy. Yeah, we're union friends. Hey, guys. We're all in the union. Let me ask you this question. All right, then. We've always got. Uh, we're not going to do the top three thing today. The, no. sh- the show's too short and we've wasted too this? much time. Oh, yeah, we don't yeah, have time for did you see this? So, um, uh, George Santos yesterday <laughs> in, the, in the House of Representatives, um, the Ethics Committee found that he did potentially commit federal crimes. Um, he is not going to seek re-election. It looks like they're going to move to expel him. They're going to try this again. Last time that vote failed. Uh, what do you think, fellas? Well, I, I think it. Shows that uh, I love it when the Republicans are, you know, up there assaulting and yelling about, you know, the degradation of morality and Joe Biden and all this other stuff. And they've got a proven fraudster in their thing and they won't kick him out. Why? Because they need his vote. Uh, having said that, hearing the report yesterday, oh, my goodness. Botox. Only fans. Only fans. Hermes or something like that. Hermes. Hermes? How Hermes? are you going to act like you don't know what Hermes is? is? Hermes? I don't know it's what Hermes is. Hermes. Hermes. It's a smell, right? It's like a Well, a okay. It, it, it is <laughs> that, but it is a designer and it's very expensive. It so, is? Hey, Do you have an Hermes Michael bag? Kelly. Yeah. Michael huh? Kelly. I just think that you and I should both acknowledge that Ranj, who claims to be the blue collar right. man of the people from Granite City uh-huh. That's right. knows about Hermes or Hermes. Yeah. Looks Herme- like Hermes. Herme- and you and I, yeah. he, he gives us trouble. Yeah. We have no idea. No. That's not where I'm shopping. Yeah, I've, I've never, I've never, I mean, I've, I guess I've seen it, but I've, no, I mean I've, like I've heard of Yves Saint Laurent, uh, Yves Saint Laurent, Saint Laurent. Amy couldn't, Amy Louis Vuitton. So I had yeah. to buy perfume. Gucci. Yeah, but yeah. I Hermes. Uh, no, Hermes. It's so very expensive. They make really perfume. nice ties. Is yeah. it really? Yeah. They're, they're See, Hermes. They call that. them Hermes. Yeah, no, Hermes. H e r m e s. Like herbs. Nice. Prada. Is that another one? So yeah, uh, somebody gave me a Prada tie. Yeah, Prada's a, and wow. uh, I wear it, and I get the most compliments on Sundays when I wear that. That's nice. Which Some, one is the Prada tie? I don't know. No. I'll have to look for it. But whenever I wear it, people are like, "Oh, I loved that tie," and I'll yeah. look at it. It's the Prada tie. Tom Ford is good. Who? Tom Ford. He was in Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and his that, grandpa invented the car. You know what, Amy? That's enough. So George Santos. Yeah. yeah. He went to Sephora. Botox. Botox. Twenty thousand dollars in rent. He went to Sephora. Where you could get perfume. Yeah. But, you know, that's, you know, using campaign funds for this kind of stuff. We've got our own Congresswoman, Corey Bush, is paying her husband on her thing. And, you know, we've had folks go and buy clothes before. Um, that That is not as shocking to me as, uh, you know, buying luxury items and, uh, you know, Hermes. So. Well, how, let me ask you this. Well, he was jo- defrauding nonprofits, too. Let's yeah. not forget about that. Yeah, that's a problem. He's a yeah. circus clown. How often does it happen and we don't know about it? What, using the campaign the, funds? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it probably happens. I remember uh, back when I was in the House many, many years ago, the uh, gentleman from St. Joseph, Missouri, 
They found out that he had uh, used his campaign funds to build a front porch on his house. Well. And he said, well, yes, I was running a front porch campaign. <laughs> Did he really say that's that? That's what he said. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. That guy has really some good. stones, man. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a pretty gutsy call there. Yeah. Good point. He was a Democrat. Okay. Well, we also have to ask. <laughs> Santos is a Republican. Yeah. yeah. Well, Botox. who knows what he is? Right. He Botox. could be a Republican. He could be a Democrat. Who knows? Um, I blame Obama. Well, well of, course. of course. I mean, he was the root of everything that's gone well, wrong. Well, it was country. the tan suit. Yeah. Oh. That's oh. when we went downtown. Downtown. Well downhill. <laughs> downtown? Well, How many people happened. go downtown <laughs> anymore? <laughs> that's when we went downhill. The tan suit. The real scandal. John, yes. you know Mark Wayne Mullen. I do. You wanted to call him Sean Mark. <laughs> who? Sean Mark. It's Mark Wayne Mullen. Yes, yeah, Mark Wayne Mullen. He is the guy who. Any place, yes. anytime, cowboy. That's right. Who got into it with the, the Teamsters boss. Yeah. Uh, but you said he's pleasant, usually. He's a great guy. Mark Wayne's a great guy. And. Uh, you know, he's the kind of guy you would like to sit down and have a beer and, and talk about stuff <laughs> with. He's, he's very, you know, he's just a good, good so dude. Were you surprised? I'm going to that, pick a fight. Yeah. Were you surprised that it got a little uh, cantankerous? No, not really. Um, you know, he's a he's a guy's guy, and uh, guy's apparently he guy. didn't like he didn't like the Teamster guy, and uh, <laughs> he wanted to he wanted to take it outside right there, or or it, just. And, but right he looked there. like such a tool right now is a time and place. Why don't we stand <laughs> up and do this right now? Well, then, of course, you got the Teamster guy there. Hello, do you, have you ever watched a movie, dude? Of course, right. he ain't going to back down right. from you. So he's like, oh, yeah, you want to go, big boy? Let's go. And then when Bernie Sanders has to be the voice of reason, well, hello. Down, oh, my goodness, you I'm going to have to fold my hands. That, was, uh, that, was, that reminded me, Bernie Sanders reminded me of Miss Bowman, the third grade teacher who, uh, she was in her 60s. Uh, she broke up my only fight in grade school when I was in the fourth grade. That was, that's what Bernie Sanders reminded me of, Miss Bowman. Aw. Uh, what were you fighting about in the fourth Keith grade? Keith Gentry, I, you know, whatever it was, it was his fault. And, uh, you know, of course, I <clears throat> I don't like to talk, uh, but I beat the tar out of the kid. Whoa, whoa, did hey. Really? I did. Yeah, I did. Tough guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Hancock and Kelly are with us. We we got plenty to discuss in the next twenty minutes. You know what? when he starts that yeah. <laughs> snort and sniffle thing that you're going to get some type of ridiculousness. I think I think we should give away an opportunity to sit in this room for the first forty five minutes of this oh show. My on gosh. Yeah. Oh they, they, my gosh! They would, would love. come from inches around, especially inches. on a short show because I feel like right now it's a bonus. They even showed it's up. like you're really drunk. Uh, you I'm came so in excited. here so giddy. I've never seen you so chipper. I'm so excited. I have never been more invested in a basketball game. <laughs> yeah. So. What Amy's talking about, uh, the Billikens are going to play at 11. Had they lost yesterday afternoon, they'd play at 1.30. Yeah, we would have had a full show. We would have had a full show, and Amy's so excited that we get to leave early okay, today. Okay, when they were down at the half, you guys should have seen the texts Raj was sending me, laced with expletives, that they better come back. And they did. Well, that's because I'm a Billikens that's fan. Right. That's right. Then that's they right. came back and won, and we're I tell you Billikens. what, I have never, ever been so emotionally invested in a well, sporting event. And I know people listening are thinking, you haven't, come on, your job is easy. It's you easy. can do this. And it is. It is. But no matter what you do in life, <laughs> there are times where <sighs> you just don't feel like going to work. Well, it's not yeah. only that. You can that. have the best job in the world, but no. sometimes yeah. you want to not so, go. It's not even the idea of not going. It's more of... 
It's the giddy excitement of a snow day when you were a kid. It does feel like it, it, a snow I day. I love this job. And as Ron said, we are so fortunate. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's an easy job. We're not saving lives. We're not doing it. We're just talking on the radio and it's fun. However, it's like a snow day right now when you're a kid and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Good for you guys. I'm excited for you. I hope you all are going to have fun and go do something really good with your time. I'm not hanging out with her. You're not? Tancock and Kelly with Chris and Amy on KMOX. (laughs) Michael Kelly, John Hancock, Amy Marks, Chorus, Chris Ronji all in the same room together on a Friday, which is a short show because Billiken's basketball is coming up. A 1045 pregame from the Myrtle Beach Invitational today. They will take on Vermont. You Ah, can hear the whole thing Right here, before we get back to business, uh, kids, let's give away something. Oh, baby. Yeah. You're going to love this. Okay. We have a pair of tickets to see the Eagles at Enterprise Center February 6th. And we have seen across the country this concert tour. Expensive. Real Tickets are expensive. through the roof, like $300 for so, nosebleeds. Because this looking, is their last time. Hey, well, they've been saying that for a decade or so. Well, they we are mean looking <laughs> for caller number 18 to the contest. Caller line. number 314-436-7900. Good luck. Caller 314-436-7900. Good luck. Good luck. You'll get to see the Eagles if you win. All right, that's it. Oh, goodbye, oh. everyone. Okay, so um, we were talking... Uh, before the show started, Michael and I were discussing uh, city government, and mm. uh, eh, there's some issues. There's a story in the Post-Dispatch today, I believe we've covered it as well, that um, the city is not paying its bills on time, Michael. What? And, uh, yeah. Would you, and it's not for lack of money. Um, it apparently there is just a, I, I don't, I'm not going to call it incompetence because I don't know that's what it is. It could be understaffing. There are some issues with bills being paid to vendors and employees. Michael, what's going on? I have no idea. I'm beginning to think that, well, not beginning. I've thought it for the last year or two that city government's broken. Um, I mean, they, they're not able to pick up the trash on time. That's a saga that continues on a daily basis. Um, you guys see this through downtown. If you want to dig up the street, you can just go dig it up, put a detour sign up, and uh, there's no coordination. There's no execution of anything. And then we hear this, that a city that actually has money, I mean, this this city has money. Previous mayors didn't have money. This mayor has money, and they're unable to pay the bills. And I think it's time that we all just kind of come to the realization that this, this system may be broken, and it's time to fix it. I know that better together is a bad word. 99% of what better together uh, uh, proposed was 100% spot on and would make St. Louis competitive again, and it allows us to fix this uh, antiquated government that we have. So, so 90%, 90% of what they proposed was 100% spot on. That would make, uh, what, like 95.6%, something like that? 
What? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't listen. Do, don't do logic don't, when you're when you haven't had sleep. Yeah, man. You, don't your babysitting kids. All right. I'm just, well, I'm just but, trying but to do you, the math. Do you, you, John? You see it. We, we've seen. Look, the city's always had its issues, mm-hmm. and it's mainly because we didn't have cash. But this is just a breakdown of bureaucracy. No, it's this it's, is an right. execution of stuff that you know is already in place because it doesn't seem like anybody cares. Well, yeah. and just the very structure of the way the city is run, it was done whenever it was done, and you've got this three-headed beast, the you know, board of estimate and apportionment that has to make all the decisions. There, the major reform is needed here. And, they, yeah, they ought to pay their bills. Well, yeah, pay their bills, pick up trash, fix potholes. I We were talking to the Dutchtown Safety Commission, how they are – coordinating all of the residents are coordinating their personal cameras so that they can help beef up security. Listen, neighborhood watch programs are great, but this is because people in those neighborhoods don't feel protected and they know the leaders aren't going to do enough. The same thing happened in Soulard because people are fiercely loyal to the city, fiercely loyal to the neighborhoods that they grew up in. And they would rather protect themselves than be forced and, to leave. And, and, and what's what's frustrating is when you listen to our leadership, uh, both governmental and, for that matter, business, we're being gaslit. They're telling us, oh, thing, crime is going down. Uh, you know, Saint Le- I listened to um, Great St. Louis's uh, person for downtown say earlier this week. There's Jason a new- Hall? No, it's the guy who runs under okay. Jason. Uh, you know, and they're trying their best, but he, he's just telling us, oh, things are getting better. There's a buzz in downtown St. Louis. You'll talk to people. I don't know what planet these mm-hmm. folks are on. And I don't understand the larger purpose to continue to lie that things are getting better. Could it be? Because ultimately, we've got to fix these things. If we don't fix them now, it's just going to continue to spiral and get worse. And what purpose does it for the business community, the Chamber of Commerce, to be out there pushing false narratives? Let, well, let me ask this question. It, is, it, is it better to at least present the narrative that the city is getting better? So that because I think a lot of our problem is perception. Um, I think you're wrong. You don't think it is perception. No, I think we've I I think we have a huge problem. I I can anecdotally explain this and that I have lived in the city of St. Louis for 25 years of my life, 20 of them in downtown. I saw. I was a part of the resurgence of Jeff, of Washington Avenue that brought young people into downtown, that brought life and restaurants. In that 20 years, I watched it deteriorate. I watched the police evaporate. I watched there be no structure of government to uh, ensure basic government services. Then I moved to the Central West End, arguably the more Tony part of our community. And I've watched since the pandemic Things deteriorate in my neighborhood. Less police presence, carjackings, homeless people sleeping in um, uh, in the in the parking garages, and uh, I got it going on. We got a camp. I know you're my neighbor. Come on over. Yeah. I'll show it to you. Yeah. But it it just seems like nobody seems to care. Yet I continue to listen to KMOX, and everybody tells me it's rosy, it's sunny, things are going great. A guy got shot in front of Enterprise Center. And they're trying to tell me that crime is going down. I Nobody believes this stuff. I look at it almost as if it's Donald Trump talking to us. They're just saying ridiculousness because nothing seems to matter. And what's discouraging to me is that when the business community is starting to parrot this stuff, that's not going to ultimately fix this problem. We've got to fix this issue or it's going to continue 
to spread. You have to admit you have a problem. Right. Before you it's can solve step it. number one. Amen, brother. Amen. Dude. Good stuff. Hancock and Kelly with Chris and Amy on KMOX. Jim in Ellisville is going to see the Eagles on February 6th, courtesy of Chris and Amy. You are welcome, Jim. Hope he said thanks. Um, (laughs) Anyway, guys, we only have a few minutes here before we get to Billiken basketball, but this is a story that has been hot since yesterday. Uh, Carissa Thompson is an NFL sideline reporter. She does some hosting as well, and she works for Fox. She was on a Barstool podcast. And she said this about her job. I, and I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. Um, I would make up the report sometimes because, A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late. And I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make this up. Because, first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop uh, hurting ourselves. We needed to be better on third down. We yep. need to stop turning the ball Pressure over. the quarterback. We need, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and do a better job of getting off the field. Okay. So here she is saying that she would make up sideline reports, okay? And I have heard, I, for one, I think it's awful, and I think she should be fired immediately because she makes considerable money. I don't have an exact salary, but let's just assume it's several hundred thousand dollars, and there's reason to think that. That's a lot of money. Just do the job that you're supposed to do. Your job is to provide nuggets to add to the broadcast. It's nuggets. Arguably, nuggets. I mean, I'm going to be unfair here. It's not one of the harder jobs in the whole broadcast. No, so it's do it. It's just not. So just do it. It's relatively easy. It can be chaotic, but it's not difficult. Anyway, she posted on Instagram about a half hour ago, and she has a statement. Um And let me just give you part of it. She says, I have never lied about anything or been unethical during my time as a sports broadcaster. In the absence of a coach providing any information that could further my report, I would use information I learned and saw during the first half to create my report. For example, if a team was 0 for 7 on third down, that would clearly be an area they need to improve on the second half. In these instances, I never attributed anything I said to a player or coach. Did she not just say that she, she did? She said she did. Yeah. So anyway, I, I know a lot of people are saying, well, it's not a big, who cares, sideline reporter. But there are people who go to work, no matter what your job is or how unimportant you think your job is, they still want to do a good job. You know, you could think the job that we do, all of us in this room, is not important. Well, Fine, but we want to do well at it. We're getting paid to do well. And also, it's a betrayal of the trust between a reporter and a coach because I don't care how banal a statement is. If I didn't say it and it's attributed to me, I'm, well, wait a minute. That's not what I – I didn't say anything about that. I don't want statements attributed to me that I didn't say. I think my biggest problem is it gives fuel to people who already think – Sports media, news media, just throw well, stuff at a wall and make stuff up. And in particular, the sideline reporter. Because let's be honest, you know, there are no male sideline reporters. It's typically an attractive uh There are woman. very few. There are some. They're very few. Most of them blonde. Um, and <laughs> she, they, no, I think they no, do a great job. I mean, I watch her. Yeah, I watch her and I thought she did great. I never knew what she was saying. It You'd gives be fuel. shocked at how many, like professional or college cheerleaders who just happen to be extraordinarily beautiful are also the very best at their job as a sideline reporter. But I do feel bad for an Aaron Andrews or uh, a Lisa Salters. She said in the podcast, by the way, that Aaron Andrews would do it too. That's what she said. That's what Carissa Thompson said. Uh, Well, I don't 
Jeez. But I, I have heard from, I know personally, of a lot of people who do that job, who do sideline reporting, who are not happy with her because mm-hmm. they actually work at it. Well, you if know, she they, worked for me, she'd be dismissed. I mean, I'd be like, hey, if you're not. making stuff up, you've got to go. And if I were one of those sideline reporters that actually does a job and chases these dudes down when they are going in and are out of the locker room, I'd, I'd give her eight kinds of you-know-what. Yeah, I, I think it does matter. Again, grand scheme of things, sports media is not life or death. We're not talking about policy that affects people's lives. I get that. But still, with the way people feel about media in general these days and, and the the approval rating for media is at an all-time low, you know, I, I think it is important to not make stuff up because every time this happens, all it does is allow the people who hate you to say, see, I told you. You're just making stuff up. Well, and that's the better point here. Is your point is that the journalism as a profession is in the toilet right now, and this is not helpful toward that. And journalism does matter. It may not matter so much on a sideline report in an NFL game, but being able to trust the accuracy of reporting uh, is that's important. Any reporting, and it doesn't yeah. any reporting, yeah. sports news, whatever. Yeah. Not the most important point, but also I think it hurts women in sports because it makes them look like you know airheads who are just making stuff up, knowing I'm here because I'm pretty. That's Here's it. a different take You're right. on a similar point, which is that I find it annoying that they're bothering the coaches. Uh, at halftime, I find it annoying that when I watch the World Series game, they're interviewing the manager between innings. I, I find it annoying that the basketball coach is talking between quarters. I mean, I they're supposed with, to be doing their job. I agreed with you until I thought about it, and then I realized, you know what? Sports is a television product. Right. It's it's not it's not a game, and then the TV just happens to be there. It, the the broadcast dictates everything. Right. The start time of games but, dictated by television. Everything is about but the when TV they product. go and invent an interview Tony Larusa in the middle of a baseball game. He's required under contract to yeah. answer those questions. Yeah. And, and like Bill Belichick, got to wake up to do the interview. Yeah, <laughs> and like Bill Belichick, Jeez. the answers are not going to be true. They're just kind of like yes, no. We're going to try harder. Hancock and Kelly, love you. We'll talk to you again soon. Go it's Bilkins. Chris and Amy. Go, Go Bill Against the Vermont Cheese hey, Dogs or whatever on, they are. Back on Monday, 11-20, KMOX Ooh. day. Woo! Go Bills. It's KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.